is going on, ladies and gentlemen? It is your boy, Sean Spencer, one half of that dynamic duo that is Let's Talk Football in a, in a, in a breezy 50-degree weather in Herndon, Virginia. And I'm with somebody that I know is in a nicer, nicer weather. My guy from South Carolina, Will Kramer. What up, Will? What's going on, man? How we doing today? And I'm all right, man. You see, I got the, the jacket on. It's it's just cold enough for the jacket, but just hot enough where I, people are. Some people wearing shorts, man. I, I envy you. I know you got some 70s. We do. We <laughs> oh. do. We, we don't go. The only thing is we don't have a like a spring warm-up. Yeah. We go from 50s to mid-70s. Right. So it's like you can start wearing shorts. It's like, oh, man, I kind of want some, like, days of the 60s. In you between, know? right. Yeah, and there's there's really none of that. So, But we usually do have some type of, like, third winter. So I'm not, you know, we're not out of it yet. But, yeah, yeah, it's been pretty nice down here. <laughs> I can only imagine. It must be nice all around. Your basketball team is doing well. Your women's well. basketball team. Women's well, yeah, women's, yeah. You, you corrected me on this week. That. Yeah. Glad you said that. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Talk to me about South Carolina. Well, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Don't go <laughs> And then you went to talk about Maryland. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Back to back to the basement. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but ladies and gentlemen, you know what it is. It's Wednesday. It's hump day. Happy hump day. Washington Football Weekly here. We've got news. We've got a bunch of situations that happen. Washington has been active, and uh, we appreciate you being here. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, so, uh, hey, let's get right on into it. We have started to make moves, and one of the things that we've been, Will and I have been addressing for a long time is depth, keeping depth, getting guys so that if somebody gets hurt, they can, other guys can fill in. And, Will, we're going to uh, <laughs> dive right in. We re-signed David Mayo. Resign Milo Eichler, Jonathan Williams, and Rashard Wild Goose all played a role last year because of injuries or whatnot. But I mean, hey, we understand it. We need it. What do you think about this, man? Uh, this isn't the depth that we've been talking about here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's one guy that I hope makes a team um, at on at the end of August. He makes a team or is a part of like the the practice squad. And that's Jonathan Williams, yep. you know, because he's that thumper along with Brian Robinson. He may be who can spell him. Um, so maybe we don't have to go out and dra draft someone similar just to take some of those reps. But all the others, I mean, you're right. They played. We don't necessarily want them to play. We didn't yeah. want them to play. We don't really necessarily know if we want them to play again. I mean, I'll say this. Wild Goose is young, so great. Okay, see if he develops a second year. And David Mayo comes in in a pinch and, and knows what he's doing. Yes. But he is a liability. So, I mean, none of these excite me is what I'm trying no, to get at. No, <laughs> I, You know, I, I, I remember you you messaged me that uh, David Mayo and Milo Eifler, Eifler uh, you're re-signed. And I remember saying, hey, Milo Eifler has parlayed this into another another contract. Hey, go good he to you, man. I mean, good, good for him. Right. I mean, the, the depth signings that I'm, I'd be interested in are guys who, like, so Pittsburgh's probably going to move on from Devin Bush. Like, mm -hmm. that's a signing, yeah. a low-key signing yes. where it's like, all right, so he had talent in college. Uh, you know, the fact that you're leaving Pittsburgh, who's a great linebacking team, you know, and, and they, you know, they produce linebackers is a big red flag. But those are the types of depths that I'm interested in. 
you know, not not these guys who are retreads who've been in the league for yeah. a couple of years, and we know what their we know what their ceiling is, and it's not very high. Well, I didn't say defensive depth. This is special teams depth. All right. It could be. <laughs> oh well, then you're right. That is you're true. right. Yeah, come golly. on, man. They, yeah, yeah. I'm giving them too much credit. Right. See that? You know, <laughs> hey, listen, hey, we were have these guys on the roster. We'll see what happens. But shout out to them for getting it done. But ladies and gentlemen, we all know the conversation that's been going around in Washington. Who's going to leave? Who's going to stay? And there's been one name that we've all been talking about that's been swirling around since the end of the season for Washington. And it is Deron Payne. He had 11 and a half sacks, 18 tackles for loss, uh, both career highs. And so he's, he played for his contract. He earned it by making himself pro bowl or getting some all pro votes. And we tagged him. This is the first tag in the NFL uh, this year. Washington franchise tag, Ron Payne, uh, set to make about 18.937, you know, about, about 19 mil. Will, we expected this, you know? I mean, what do you yeah, think? rumors that came out last week that we talked about like that, that this was likely happening. Yeah, I, I mean, so for one thing, it says what that says for now is Deron Payne is on the 2023 roster for now. Mm-hmm. But for me, I'm kind of in wait and see mode. I mean, they have until mid July to work out a long term deal with him. So mm-hmm. could that be a situation that happens once this ownership, you know, issue is settled? You know, would a new owner be willing to sign him to a long term deal? Because we've discussed how Dan Steiner is not. Um, or most likely would not want to be shelling out that money if he's leaving. I also wonder, you know, does this open up the opportunity to trade him? Can we accept type, uh, you know, a, you know, a second round pick or something like that? Yeah, so I'm it. not necessarily sitting here saying like he's back, you know, the way we used to like for Brandon Sheriff or Kirk Cousins, like all right, he's back. We we have a quarterback. I'm kind of on a wait and see mode. But the only thing I'm wondering is what if this is the biggest signing we make mm-hmm. of the offseason. Yeah. You know, we've talked about some guys, Terrell Edmonds out, out of Buffalo. We've talked about bringing an offensive lineman to be a starter. What if all those, the, the rest of the stuff we make is less, much less money, which of yeah. course it's going to be less right. money than 19 million. But what if we're not going out there signing someone in the first day or two to a big contract and a, a multi-year deal with, with guaranteed money? You know, yeah. because of the whole ownership and, and money situation and budget that they keep talking about. So there's also a chance that they basically said we're not going to be active in free agency. So we've got the money to put to this guy. So yes. let's go do yes. it um, and, yeah. and let's keep the best part of our, our unit you know, together. My only big my only biggest concern about that is the fact that that means next year you've got Jerron Payne yeah. and you've got Montez Sweat off coming off the books in the exact same year. So, like I said, I'm in wait and see mode to see what really happens with it. But I'm also like part of my wait and see mode is, is he going to be there at the start of training camp on our roster? But also, could he possibly be our biggest signing of the offseason, which would be wildly different than what we're ever used to? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think the biggest thing here is timing. The fact that we did it so early, I think, kind of sets the mark saying, all right, we got you in here, so at least we kind of got you in-house unless some other team makes a, just an astronomical deal or, or, you know, trying to get you in. But we know what time frame that we have. It, from all the reports, especially listening to John Kahn, they've been saying 
both parties kind of seem like they want to get the you know the uh, extension done. Obviously, we got the whole thing of the Dan Snyder hanging over our head. Hopefully, we can move on past that, and and we have a little bit of time. But look, the guy is worth it. I mean, in, in my opinion. And like you said, if we're able to kind of get this done and like settle this and this be the top, the big money deal that we do, I mean, that's what's that we're making other moves that we'll discuss a little bit later that are kind of leading us to believe that's the move we're trying to make. So honestly, I, I absolutely love that we're we're trying to do this because, and it is different, like you said, from the Kirk Cousins and the Brandon Sheriff. This is not just kind of like, we're keeping you just so you don't leave. We're, this is we're saying, hey, we're interested. We're getting it done now. And I think we need to get it done quickly because he, we're, we're at that point where, just like with Brandon Sheriff, the market was set. So we had to go pay him a certain amount. We need to get this thing done now so that, you know, one of these other guys uh, uh, with Hargrave or, you know, some of these other guys that had maybe had a big year, they don't get an astronomical uh, amount. And then all of a sudden, Payne sitting here saying, maybe, maybe I want 21, 20 or 21, then it's 22, 23. And it's like, can we really afford to pay that? You know what I mean? So, well, I think that's where he's at. That's what's crazy is, you know, with yeah. some of these long term deals. Is, and that's what I was, as you were talking about this, saying, like, what, what should we be doing? You know, because he's going to get more, you know, we're, he's going to get more than Jonathan Allen makes. You know, yeah. it's like, is he a better player than Jonathan Allen? His stats are better last year. You know, but then part of me is looking at it, you know, saying, okay, if you're going to pay your your defensive lineman, should you not be paying the guys who are producing the most? Mm-hmm. Deron mm-hmm. Payne's the highest producer on yeah. the team, you know? So, like, maybe he is deserving of, of the highest contract versus the two outside guys. I don't know. I, I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer. I don't know if there's an easy answer, more importantly, you know, but it, it does – 23, 24 million dollars for Deron Payne if they signed a long-term deal. Seems a little steep, but like you're yeah, saying, that's just that. where D tackles are going. Right. Right. And so yeah, best thing to get ahead of the market before it gets crazy. We've seen what happened with the wide receivers. We've seen what happened with the quarterback. All of it is just always getting higher. So let's let's get ahead of that. And and like I said before, there's some things that we've actually done to kind of create maybe some cap for that. We all knew it was going to happen, but let's go ahead into it. We released Carson Wentz. Bobby McCain also got released. I know you, you've been his, uh, one of the biggest critics during the season. <laughs> so is this, is this a wipe your hands of it or is it, I mean, what were you feeling about Bobby McCain? We'll go there first. I was, I was surprised. Yeah. Um, I was surprised because I felt, he had carved out a role playing nickel. They they moved him away from safety this year, um, or towards the end of the season, with the emergence of of Derek Forrest and mm-hmm. um, and then and Cam Curl. McCain moved a lot more to playing nickel, and they seemed to like him there. Um, so, for me at first, I was like, okay, well that means we're going to have to bring in a corner to take over that role. So mm-hmm. that alone is like, okay, that's that's interesting. It also does let me let us kind of say that they like. You know, Percy Butler, maybe they like Jeremy Reeves. They like who they have it in-house. Right. Um, so I was surprised by it. I was even more surprised by the fact of the cap savings. It wasn't a whole lot. Um, right. It was only 2 point something million, 2.8 million. Right. And he has a dead cap of around 2 point something million. So yeah, I think it was 2.3, you know, but the dead cap was 2.8. 
There you go. Yeah. Thanks for, yeah. appreciate you clarifying that. So it's like $2 million. It's kind of surprising that he would be a cap casualty, you know, mm-hmm. and, but you know, some of the guys have been talking about the fact that they may be looking to make some savings, make more moves. And, and, you know, with some of these guys, if they feel like you're going to be a backup for us, well, then we don't need to have you on that, on that time, that contract. I was thinking about there's two backups next year. You know, you cut Andrew Norwell and you're saving $3 million. If you're not anticipating him starting, do we need to be paying him three, you know, that much money to be on our right. team? Right. What about Cornelius Lucas? You can save another three million by cutting him. He's had to come in the last two years and play, but is he worth three million dollars or can you can you put that towards something else? The other guy I thought of is JD McKissick. You know, and I was looking at this, I was like, you know, first off, there's the injury history, but you know, he would only save us one point two million dollars, but so it's not a lot. In the grand scheme of things, but then also I thought, you know what? We signed DeAndre Carter for a one-year deal at one million dollars a year, mm-hmm. or just under one million, and he played a prominent role in that 2021 team. Trying to remember what what year was it that he was with us? So that one million dollar cap savings, if you were to cut JD McKissick, if he's not going to fit into your plans and health-wise, that can be put into other players. And so, what what the McCain release said to me was they're looking to find money anywhere they can mm-hmm. to increase their cap going into free agency so yeah. they can – I think they may go out bargain hunting. I'd love for them to be doing more, but, you know, I, I think uh, you know, I think they're just trying to get as much cap as they can right now. Yeah. And, and to be honest, I mean, I mean, they're doing just that. And we'll talk about Debbie, this move and then also the Carson Wentz move. And yeah. in, in the in the Carson Wentz move, you lose. You know, I mean, that's twenty six point seventeen mil yeah. just from releasing him. And and with this, it kind of puts us. It puts us at fourth um, in the league in uh, cap space. You got the Bears with ninety eight mil. The Falcons Jeez. got fifty five. Yeah, they're head and shoulders above everybody. The Falcons fifty five. The Raiders are forty six, and we're at forty four. Um, oh, wow. at t- top of the uh NFC East as well. I mean, because the Giants got 43 and uh Philly has a mill and they got to resign, you know, they got big contracts coming up, yeah. And then Dallas has obviously they got to restructure everything because they got negative 7.5, you know, yeah. So, well, I mean, here's a time where you know teams are going to start being creative. You know, I exactly. you know, was looking at you know, Kent, there's a couple guys whose contracts expire at the end of this year. Kendall Fuller, I believe, yep. Curtis, no, Kendall Fuller, yeah, Curtis, Fuller, Kendall Fuller and Curtis Samuel. Sorry, I couldn't right. talk. You know, so they could be, if, if we want them to be a part of our team longer than just this next season, we could extend them, lower their cap number, you know, than what it is and, and get some savings there. So there very well could be, you know, just like you said, Dallas is in the negative. So they're going to have to, you know, make wow. some restructures. We're going to do some of the same. You know, the other thing you're talking about, some money. You know, they've already talked about it. I think Chase really is most likely going to be cut. Yeah. You know, they said, remember in that end-of-the-year press conference, Ron and Martin said they want to get younger at center? Mm. You know, you say you cut Chase, you're saving $4 million. You could put that into a, another center. The other one to look into – oh, go ahead. Uh, real yeah, quick real quick on the Chase. Yeah. I mean, but even more than that, like the last two years, he's had some pretty gruesome injuries, and it's Correct. like trying to come back from that – each year it's even hard to ask him to do that from our perspective because it's like really you really putting your body out there and we don't want you to have to go through that you know after football is done so it might be best to get younger and kind of 
not push him out per se, but it's just it's rough seeing the injuries year after year after year. It is, and and it's not like he's a he's an old guy, but like you said, he's missed almost a full season or more in the last two years, and we just we you see when he leaves the drop off that we have. Yeah. So they need to look into it. The other one, this would be, you know, kind of contingent on the draft. And, you know, this could be a post-June 1 or post-draft cut. If they release left tackle Charles Leno, we would save $8 million. Yeah. He was our man of the year. That's because that's what he does in the community, Sean. I'm worried about the That's a good thing. That's a good thing. We need that. Now you're getting too nostalgic. I am. I'm getting. Uh, <laughs> it's a business. It's not <laughs> correct. Not personal. Now uh, you're getting fan, Sean. Uh, yeah, I know, Sean. <laughs> I saw that on the list, and I was like, mm, I like, I like him, man, from Chicago. Like well, here's him. what's wild about like if you cut Chase Rulier, you yeah. take a dead cap of eight million, and you save four, so yeah. you are eating more than you're gaining. Whereas if you cut Charles Leno is like the exact opposite, yeah. you know, so you, you gain more in a cap savings, but the bigger thing is you lose a left tackle. Man. And, and I think which in a normal year, I would say cut Leno right now, mm-hmm. because I would say we've got the, that would give us the cash to go get a left tackle in free agency or the draft. Like we'll, we'll get it covered. I just don't, I just don't know if we're going to be spending money this off season. No, I've never no. heard the word budget talked around, our parts before, mm-hmm. you know, and, and sounding us cash draft. And I think it's for the topic we're going to discuss in a couple of minutes here about oh, Dan yeah. Snyder, but oh, yeah. I just don't think we're going to be active players in free agency the way you and I would want us to. So it's like, mm-hmm. I don't, I think the only way you can cut Charles Leno would be if you are able to draft a left tackle with your first round pick and you mm-hmm. solidify, you bring in a Broderick Jones from Georgia and say, bam, left tackle. Right. Right. Then you could cut him for safe, you know, and then do whatever you need to do after that, and use that money maybe towards extending a Cam Curl or something like that. Yeah, and and yeah, so that's the thing. Those are the things we're looking at, and and, and then we also got to go through the Carson Wentz. Let's be very honest, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Another quarterback that I hopped on his bandwagon, and that thing. It, what are you going to do? This, was, what are you going to do this August? I don't, hey, hey, you know because your your heart's really into this this guy. Oh, you know it. Oh, it's so gonna be, it's gonna gonna be gonna a do? rough. It's gonna be a rough season. I'm gonna let you know this. Will remember last around the Super Bowl, we talked about how how deep I got into the game once I when I was real young, and I used yeah. to be like really emotional into it. This is my college quarterback that I watched him get recruited, play all three years, come into the league for my favorite team. Yeah. It, yeah. uh, it's going to be rough, but I, you know, but I'm, I'm excited because it seems like, like what we were saying, we're making the right moves. We're doing a lot of things kind of quietly. And if this, if Deron Payne is that move, like the biggest move, that's great. But the thing with Carson Wentz, this kind of makes it more definitive, more definite. We knew Carson was going to go, but what this does is this puts right now, there's only two quarterbacks on the roster. And we know, and uh, when, when March 7th, when Ravenstein starts, Taylor Heineke no longer on the roster. So I think that begs the question, do we go for another veteran to come in here and help out? Do we re-sign Tyler, uh, Taylor <laughs> and see if he could, you know, at least 
show him the robes. You know he's a fan favorite. But you talked about that. That's not kind of the move we want to make because we want to get everybody on the same house train. We don't want residuals from the X. You know what I mean? So that's, I mean, right right now, that's, I, I'm, I'm looking, I, I like the way the situation is, but I mean, we saw this coming. Carson, you know, being cut. I mean, what do you think, Will? And I'd be good, bro. Uh, yo, yeah, you I'm coming it. back. What's good? I'm coming back. You're here? Okay, there we go. <laughs> I'm so, back. Yeah, Wentz, uh, I'm doing a solo here. I heard everything. <laughs> I was sitting here just flying. Yeah. Day, day, so, day. <laughs> you were, you were, you did, you did good, man. You did good. <laughs> it's, it's not greatness, Ben. I don't want to hear it. Right. I know. I know. Yeah. So, I mean, they are obviously, you know, now's the time to figure out, you know, what are we going to do about that quarterback situation with Sam Howell in play? I think it's interesting the the language they've been using. You know, Ron's been saying, yeah, Sam, you know, Sam's going to have every opportunity to win the job. He's not coming out and saying he's the starter, but we have done this. Right. He's done this before too with, with Ryan Fitzpatrick. But I think it, one of the things I, we're looking at is, yes, we're, we need to bring in a veteran to teach him a little bit. Taylor Heineke could be that guy if the price is right. It probably will be. My concern is the fans that love him, i.e. Mm-hmm. Will Kramer is going to be saying the first Sam Howell interception, put in Taylor. You know, <laughs> Alex Stevens is going to be screaming for yep. Taylor Heineke. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Um, but what I think you also have to remember is they're going to try and set – Howl up to win the job in every right. way possible. Yeah. So they're going to want to bring in a backup who can come in and play if necessary, but isn't going to push and look better. So I think we can look at someone like Andy Dalton, throw him out the window. Mm-hmm. Potentially Jacoby Brissett, throw him out the window mm-hmm. because these they could come in and look better than Sam Howell. And now yeah. you're in a pickle because if you rock, run out with Andy Dalton week one and you've got Sam Howell on your bench, mm-hmm. fans aren't going to be happy. I ain't you know, no. right. So you have to give him every opportunity to win the job by bringing in someone who's capable, but not going to really push him. Someone yeah. like a um, name, just uh, Tyrod Taylor type mm. quarterback. You mm. know, what about Gardner Minshew? Uh, I'll give credit to Ben Standing of, of The Athletic. He said uh, Gardner Minshew is his guy because, you know, who could come in here, win a couple games if you need him to. Right. But Heineke pro- or Howell probably has better skills. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know a guy like Heineke could as well. I'm actually wondering, I'm kind of cutting through, but like what about a guy like Marcus Mariota who just got cut by the Falcons? Yeah. You, you know, like, would it, you know, he could be someone that that – not better than Howell, but they also have a similar skill set. So there could be something that could Very help true. them out with. Very true. And but that yeah, could I was just say that, that would help. That would be a, a solid threat from, from the quarterback position. I actually think Mariota wouldn't do bad. I mean, and we know the arm discrepancies, you know what I mean? That so Howell would still have that advantage. So I actually kind of like I actually like that move. I mean, if we were to do that, but I mean again. That's just figuring out bringing in somebody that's been around that knows the ropes that can kind of talk to them. But I want somebody with good work habits. I'm also almost thinking 
and this is, I know this guy's retired, Chad Henney. What if you bring him in since he's close to a enemy? He's an yeah. older vet. If you look at, uh, I think, the last two playoff runs where they won the Super Bowl, um, each time they had to have Chad Henney come in there and kind of sustain it so they were able to get to that game get, uh, until uh, Mahomes was able to get back in there. So, I mean, that's somebody that might be familiar. Talk about, you know, we always talk about all the Panthers coming back from Ron Rivera. You know, now that we have the, the outlet to the Chiefs, what if we have some of these Chiefs guys? We talked about that last week. What if we have mm-hmm. some of these guys? So I don't know if you can get them out of retirement, but we're talking about a vet, somebody that can just yes. talk to the guy. I've been around. Let me help you out. Let's good, you know, good little study habits and, and eating habits and things of that nature. And, you know, and, and I I just think right now, and since we're doing all of this so early, especially with the Carson Wentz thing, it's really kind of setting out there, even though you know Rivera's playing playing coy and, oh, you know, well, he's not the starter, but we give him every opportunity. I think this is kind of saying to Sam, hey, you've got your offensive coordinator. We're starting to sign a couple of pieces. Start It starts now. Mm-hmm. You know, let's, I'm, I'm hoping that is Me what too. it is. You Me know too. what I mean? But it, I will say this, Will. And of all of, in the last three years that we've done this, I am less excited now that I have my guy in there than I am the last two years. Last two years, I was betting with House Mike. It was like, all right, whatever. If he does good, great. I was, I, I like him, whatever. This is a guy that I know can do well, but I've also seen his faults. I've also seen, you know, when he kind of runs too quickly or, or when he tries to chuck up the deep ball when maybe it's not necessary and maybe he didn't read what was going. That I go back to that pick that he had against Dallas. I mean, that was double cover. There was a guy in shallow and there was a guy deep. None of those would have really made it. You know what I mean? So yeah. those are the kind of things that I'm kind of like, okay, you know, let's have somebody back there to kind of say, all right, I'm going to tell you what this guy can do. I've seen his defense before. You mm-hmm. know, I, I, I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. It's very important that we get someone to mentor the mentor Howell and yeah. give him every opportunity to succeed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now we, you, you mentioned a couple names. Um, that you know potentially could go or stay with uh, who do you who do we think is actually going to be released who do we think is actually on the chopping block you know march 7th right around the corner free agency right around the corner who's not going to be a commander next year i really do think chase really is one of those guys since they met you know they, they kind of showed played their cards a little bit at that press conference by saying that, you know, they want to get younger at center. So I, I think Rulie will be, will be released till they can have that cap savings and figure something out there. I do think you're going to see, I, I don't know. I, if they're willing to cut McCain, I can't see why they wouldn't cut Norwell. You know, mm-hmm. why, why keep a, a backup around like that? If right. you've got Chris Paul in, in there, you've got, I mean, Sadiq Charles was at the uh, press conference for Eric B. I thought that was kind of interesting. Like, oh. I don't really think of him as much, but he's in the building working out. And, you know, so he was there. The other one that I'm looking at, I wonder about Logan Thomas. Yep. Yep. They can save $5 million by releasing him, which that's a pretty good chunk to, if you're signing another tight end, it may not cost them, you know, to bring in someone else, you know, much more than that 5 million there. So he really well could be a cap casualty. And we just don't know what with this offense and what the enemy wants to do. And, you know, with the, with the wide receivers we have, whether Logan Thomas is going to fit in. So I think that's the one to keep an eye on before free agency. Oh, absolutely. 
And when you look at this draft, you got Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame. Uh, you know, you you you've got a number of guys that can come in here and change it. And we all know Eric Bieniemy had Kelsey with the Chiefs. He's looking to have somebody like that. Logan Thomas, we he's a I love him. I and we I'm so glad when we were able to sign him. Uh, what was the last year or year four? Um, but at the same time, that injury has still seemed to have hampered him. We'll see what he does, and maybe this all season coming up. But I, I agree with you. I think that might be a move that you need to make. And in the interest of we are getting younger, you know what I mean? So maybe let's look in the draft. Maybe let's see if there's a free agent that comes up and around. But, I mean, unless Logan Thomas shows you something in-house, that is somewhere where I'm like, yeah, we might need to look that direction. Well, you, you said it best when you start talking about the tight ends in this draft. You know, there's been a lot of talk about this draft isn't the greatest of drafts. But one of the things they said is it's heavy in cornerbacks. And tight ends is another one where it's pretty deep. Um, I even heard this week they said that, you know, potentially I think it was Daniel Jeremiah said he thought maybe three tight ends are going to go in the first round. You know, so there are players there. And so and so what I've heard with the commanders, it's, you know, you're probably looking at offensive line and then they're looking at, you know, tight end could be right behind that and as a position of interest in upgrading. And if you cut a Logan Thomas, you can utilize those five million on, another starter knowing that you're going to get somebody in the draft that's going to take his spot. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. So that's, that's definitely somewhere I, I'm, I'm looking at, man, because we, we got to make a move there. I like the moves with Rulier. I completely agree with you on that one. Not Charles Leno. I mean, I got to stay here, man. I like this. Did you guy. see what Ben said? Huh? Aaron Rodgers can come here and be uh, man of the year for you. Oh, this guy. The next See one. That? No. The next one. <laughs> 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 Ain't happening. And then he also said he can't believe he has let go of the greatness well, of Carson Wentz. Yeah. You can have him. Okay, Ben. You you need a quarterback, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> In Tampa. Yeah, oh man. Yeah. So um yeah, let us go ahead and move on real quick. Need a quick little breather. We're gonna quick go a quick little transition and we'll be right back. Dan Snyder, still here. We'll see. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> the Washington Commanders. There it is. Yeah, buddy, what is going on? You know who it is. Your boy, Sean Spencer. My guy, Will Kramer. And uh, we are here talking Washington Football Weekly. And you already know the cloud still over our heads, but I'm gonna tell you, Will. I, I see, I see a glimmer. I see a gleam, Will. You I have see to. a gleam. It's uh, we gotta get that gleam, Will. Dan Snyder back into a corner on his way out. Uh, uh, we've heard talks uh, with Josh Harris. We've heard talks about him coming in. Bezos's name has been coming back around. Uh, there were some early reports that oh, you know, Snyder doesn't want to sell the Bezos. But then at the same time, there was also some reports where it was, you know, he was probably potentially doing that to see if he can raise up the money. Right. Well, I've kind of heard that Bezos' offers are, or potential offers about 6.5. And I don't mm -hmm. think anybody else is really even that close. So it might be a way, like, I, mean, I don't even know if there's, when Dan Snyder even be that proud to be like, I'm not going to take that because he owes Bank of America $1 billion. Yeah. So he he has to kind of he he I'd be trying to sell quick, but you know you know how he's getting down. He's in the corner. There's stuff that's coming out. 
Will, what have you heard? What is going on? Is the nightmare finally over? We're, I think you're right when you say we see the light starting to shine through. And you're starting to see that Dan Snyder's rearing his ugly head at the league. And he's he's not going to go out quietly. Oh, no. He's oh, going no. out kicking and screaming right now because he <laughs> is that much of a child, yes. of a man-child yep. with this. And, and so what came out Monday night, the Washington Post, Jeff Bezos' paper, reported that he wants immunity if he were to sell the team from any investigations or anything in the future that comes out. He feels like, if I give up my team, you guys can't go after me. And there's some some concerns when he was told that's not the case, Dan, that's not going to happen, that he said, well, then I'm not going to sell or I'm going to sue you guys then. And let me tell you, that has ticked off some of these owners to where they've got Jerry Jones in here trying to broker the deal with Dan and smoothly get him out of town. I mean, they're bringing in the big guns here to try and help make this happen. Um, So that was Monday night. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, everyone's having their breakfast, drinking their coffee, and ESPN drops a bomb out there by Don Van Natta, who yeah. basically said that you know uh, the previous minority owners had mentioned that Dan was tried to sneak in a loan for another fifty-five million dollars in twenty twenty yep. as part of an audit. Yeah, and the NFL knew about this though, and they ignored it. Mm-hmm. And there was just a whole lot of back and forth. And, you know, you and I have talked about this. Dan Snyder lost the Redskins name because of what he did with these uh, these minority owners, yep. you know, trying to sell. And they had a guy lined up that wanted to, to purchase the team. And Dan Snyder said he'll never pass the owners, the other owners. They're not going to vote for him. Mm-hmm. Well, the reason why he said that was because he would have had to open up his books and they would have yeah. seen all this, you know, they would have found out that he was getting paid $5 million to put the Redskins logo on right. his name, <laughs> that he was paying himself $10 million to be an employee of the team. Right. You know, like all this, he was, he's just been, he's been funneling the the team into it, you know, to himself and just kind of using it all together and not keeping everything separate. He's just been shady and it's all coming to light right now. And dude is fighting for money. We talked about it earlier when we said we're, we're running into budget concerns. Ron said the word budget. Martin said, Mayhew said the word budget. When do we hear budget in Washington, DC when it comes to off season? You know, Snyder's was willing to sign Eric Bieniemy and give him a contract because he has to have a coaching staff, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have to sign Deron Payne to his $80 million guaranteed that he has to stoke a check for, you know, he can just say not doing it. You know, he he's, you know, he's got his houses up for sale. He's trying to go live in England as his permanent residence. He's got that yacht. He's been sailing around for the last couple of years. Dude's been living this lavish lifestyle. He can't afford it no more. No, he can't. <laughs> So, yeah, he's back in the corner because the NFL is pretty much kind of saying it's over. Come on, we're doing this. And But what he's finding is he wants to get rid of the team and be done, clean of everything. And they're just like, I'm not going to do that. Your name's going to get drugged through the mud even more here. And he's not happy about it. It's about dang on time. I mean, it absolutely is. I mean, we've dealt with this stuff for so long. And he's been doing this. I mean, they, they were going back for and they were talking about the you know the other investors were sitting here trying trying to press the NFL that you need to look into this 
you need to look into some of the things that he's doing. It's some shiesty business. And and there was a reluctance by Roger Goodell and all of them to actually look into that. And it makes you kind of wonder, you know, we all knew when that whole email scandal came out with Gruden and everything that those were emails were towards Dan Snyder. So what what is what does he have over? We've always wondered what he has over it. And if that's going to eventually come out on his way out, because, you know, like you said, he's kicking and screaming, uh, threatening to sue and, and do all these different things. And it's like, dude, you see, we all see the writing on the wall. What big move, what big splash are you going to make towards the end? The fact that they had to bring Grandpa Jerry Jones in here, you know what I mean? It, it, it lets you know, man, it, it's getting kind of serious and he's getting desperate. He's getting, yes. Yep. You know, and Snyder always wants to win. He always has that need to feel like yep. he won. And what's happening here is, you know, I think he's well, well, a couple of things is he valued his franchise at a certain amount and he didn't get it. The Houston Rockets uh, owner came in with an offer of five and a half billion. You know, Dan wants that six. And like you said, the only guy who may be willing to give it to him is Jeff Bezos. Yep. And now he, and that's kind of always been the speculation the entire time. It's like Bezos is sitting back here waiting and then he'll go, here's my offer. Do you want it? You know, and, and as much as Dan can tell Bank of America, do not accept this offer. Do not put it in front of me. Do not, you know, give this guy any chance. At the end of the day, money talks. And yes. you said, it. is he going to give up a half a billion dollars to a billion dollars difference of a sale because yeah. he can't stand Jeff Bezos. Maybe he's that petty, yeah. but will he, you know, you really got to wonder. Can he afford to, can he afford to, you know, yeah. so that's going to be interesting to see how it actually breaks down. We know he's running. He's like, you talked about him being on the boat <laughs> on that yacht, trying to sit here and sail around the world because he knows he knows that orange jumpsuit's coming his way. What? Well, I do think this is going to take a little bit longer than we thought. You know, we were hoping for the end of March owners meetings that they would be voting on a new owner. I don't think that's going to happen. I think we're finding out here that he's going to take his time with this. He's kind of, you know, doing his negotiations of, well, if I sell this team, what am I going to get from this beyond money? Right. And so I think you may this may drag out a little bit longer than than we want, but I still think. I think we're just too far down the road to for this to not happen. And alas, we still are. We still are here, though. We yes. still have yet to get out. It hasn't of happened. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, we yeah, we're going to continue to try to dive into this and figure out what it is that is going to finally be the final straw that will break him back, get him out of here. We've seen a lot of people, there are a couple different entities trying to, you know, procure the sale and get all that done, but it's going to still take some time. That's it. We know they, it, 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 it wouldn't be Dan Snyder for Dick, you know, right. He, he's going to hold on to the very last drop. Um, but real quick, ladies and gentlemen, Hey, you know, the franchise tag and all that stuff has opened up and it also happened right around this time because it's the NFL combine. Will so the, the players we're talking the draft is one month away, being at March first, ladies and gentlemen. So we have a literally a month, month and a half away from the NFL draft. We've got a bunch of guys that we've been looking at, kind of perspective, you know, prospects trying to see what direction we want to go. 
Is there anybody that anything that you've heard or anybody that you kind of have an eye on going into uh, the NFL combine? Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm still going more gl- global, like big picture position groups, you know, because um, they did change the way the combines work in this year, where they're kind of staggering when players are starting, and they do some testing some days, some testing the next day. Um, you know, so we're going to hear a little bit about who they've met with. It's it's kind of just beginning, but I'm looking at how do corners do? I think that's a position of need for us. Offensive line, whether that's and I mean it could be tackle interior it could be both right. you know i'd be fine with i could see us drafting several offensive linemen in, in this draft you mentioned tight ends i think we want to look and see it's such a deep class that well i'd be curious to see who we find out we interview or spend some time with and then this is probably you and me with more interest here is linebackers yeah. i hope they're looking at it with interest the way we are you know yeah. but i i do think i'm going to be kind of paying attention to some of these linebackers and how they do and see who might who may be a, a good fit for us to try and improve there. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, definitely O-line. Maybe even, hey, to be quite honest with you, not to bring anybody in, but maybe later down the line, later deeper in the draft, maybe another quarterback to kind of get that, somebody to have around, not somebody that's a threat, but somebody <laughs> to have. <laughs> I, I, Sam, it's okay, buddy. <laughs> you don't have any backup. We're not – Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts, and you, you right. know, but but you, you maybe somewhere down the line. But honestly, exactly right. I'm I'm focusing on that uh, that offensive line. Tight end is somewhere where I'm really looking big, and we tried to get that in the last couple of years with Samus Reyes, and then obviously Rogers a year ago. Cole Turner, he slammed out, didn't really do much. Yeah. I really want. I mean, we have an opportunity to potentially get a Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame, who is a game changer in my opinion. I mean. That I mean to pair that with the Sam Howell in his first year and Eric Bieniemy, I, I really think they could utilize that in a position that I feel like if we had the tight end working, that's going to open up these these receivers, all these receivers that we have out here. You know? Yeah, yeah. Grab this tight end heavy, absolutely. Appreciate you watching each door. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't know if I can get on board with drafting Michael Mayer in the first round. I feel like we've got bigger needs at oh, yeah. offensive line, you know, and I think he's going to be one of those first round tight ends, but, but you're right. It, you know, it would be good to, it sounds like they have interest in improving that position and this tight end draft could be, you know, what's what the, the route to go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then also, I know we said linebacker for sure, secondary. And I think us dropping our uh, releasing Bobby McCain kind of leads us, to that direction and there are a number of guys i mean we at somebody that we could potentially get in the first round christian christian gonzalez out of uh oregon well don't get uh, me excited sean don't don't tease me with that man <laughs> you know what i mean you get that guy talk about i know sid will hate this but joey porter jr you know and yeah. i mean these are the type of guys that with that early pick we know we need secondary help and and a solid piece in the secondary would help you know what i mean like last year we know we were. I was looking at Kyle Hamilton, you know, and and we've seen yeah. what he did over with Baltimore. You know what I mean? So there's a couple of guys in there that I'm definitely interested. In, but secondary is somewhere that I, I really want to kind of address. Linebacker, I think we may potentially be able to get it in in um, in free agency. Or I mean, Cole Holcomb. We'll see if we're gonna sign him back. You know, we got Jamin Davis. What yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think I mean I'm I'm with you. I, I either want us to get an offensive lineman or a corner. 
Um, and yeah, I heard uh, John Harbaugh said he's like, there are ten corners in this draft who could play, you know. And so it, it seems like this is the this is going to be an exciting one to watch. That's uh, that's Eric Kelly. E.K. You know, talking about his Notre Dame guy. Yeah, you know it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yo. Um, hey, so I, this is what I'm gonna say. I, I I watched them all throughout North Carolina. I'm a huge North Carolina fan. I've watched them all throughout North Carolina, and uh, you know, obviously he didn't get but the one game. I was highly critical critical of him in that game because um, obviously Dallas didn't really have anything to play for. Even though they had the starters out, there was no real motivation in that. But hey, you, a win is a win. I'm glad he got it. I think this year you're starting that you're setting up pieces to make him successful, you know, yeah. kind of making things more easy. You get your offensive coordinator and a great one early in the offseason. So they have time to talk and, and, and kind of get together and work on things. If we do what we're talking about and, and getting that offensive line, I, I think that is huge because we have the weapons at wide receiver dots and McLaurin um, and uh, Samuel. That's also tight end where we're looking at getting somebody that can take top off defense. So, you know, that's where we're at. That's what I'm thinking. I'm going to jump I, in on that. I want to jump yeah. into that too because I actually was going to reference Heineke. It's like I'm not sold on Sam Howell, but I'm okay giving him the chance mm-hmm. because Heineke, since 2018, Heineke has been our best quarterback and he's gone 12 and 11. All right. I feel like Sam Howell, if, if Heineke can go 12 and 11, I feel like Sam Howell can do at least that, maybe even a little bit better. Not necessarily saying that he's our franchise, but I think he can keep things afloat good enough as, as well as anyone like a Taylor Heineke could do at this point. And so I'm okay saying, hey, we've got a cheap quarter, a quarterback on a cheap deal. Let's build the offensive line around him. Let's say if you just are decent to good, that will be enough for us to be a decent to good team, if not go a little bit further. So I'm okay with, with it for this year with the idea that, you know, if Sam Howell's not the guy next year, then we really know what we need to do. And if at that point we're giving up draft assets and going all in, then I'm okay with it. But we've given ourselves a chance to try the route with the, with the project, with a, a, a quarterback that we've groomed. Right. Right. And, and, and the other side of it is that this is homegrown. This is somebody we drafted. We look at the last two years where we did go after somebody in free agency. Or, you know, we went after uh, Carson Wentz. We went after Ryan Fitzpatrick. Both of those you know, guys got hurt and it, you know, it fell through. We know what Heineke can bring to the table. The other side to this, though, is we also know what his fallbacks are. We know yeah. the problems that he has. He's gonna throw one interception a game. He's gonna throw a couple passes that you're just sitting here yelling at your TV screen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that should be but, interceptions that get dropped. Right, right. But you, we know the team loves him. He's a fan favorite, and and that's another thing we've actually talked about. Will, do we keep him? We know he's gonna be a free agent, but do we resign him? Because you talked about if we're trying to get Sam Howell and and the team and the fans behind him. You don't want to get the ex-girlfriend who is obviously the fan favorite. Yeah. You know what I mean? You want do you keep him in house, man? Because you could talk about that. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I don't think so. Uh, and I think one of the things is it's he's no longer playing in Scott Turner's system that he knows like the back That's of his hand. Over. And the yeah. fact that we've got a new system in place, I think that equalizes things. And he's not the same quarterback oper- 
option that he used to be. Whereas now I, I think that he would be, you know, he, he'd be starting from scratch just the way, you know, Sam Howell is. And so I think you want to get, bring in somebody else that doesn't have, doesn't have the fans yelling, hi, Nicky, hi, Nicky, during the, uh, during, during the, the game, like they did when Carson Wentz played. I know you went like this, but I mean, this might be a solid option, bringing in Jameis Winston. And then, because the fans aren't going to be too excited to get him in there, but you have a guy that's hungry, that's a winner, that, you know, has been around in the league, has had seasons where he had 5,000 yards and 30 touchdowns. You know what I mean? I mean, that might be right, bringing somebody in. I think better than an Andy mm-hmm. Dalton, to where Andy Dalton might give the benefit of the doubt and thought back to those Bengals days. Jameis seems to be tagged with a 30-interception year, even though he threw 30 touchdowns and 5,000 yards. So yeah. you bring in somebody that has success, he can still play, and he'd be a great backup to come in. I mean, I never yeah. really looked into that and thought about that, but, hey, Misadora, shout out to you, man. Because that, yeah. that would – I would not have a problem with that. Right, right. Yeah, he, if, if he gets – if he becomes an option, I think he is the type of quarterback that could be, and you know he could come in and play for a little bit. Um, I wonder if he's too big of a name going up against Howell, but I think, you know, I, but, I, yeah, I mean, he certainly would be a good backup slash option, you know. You, you mentioned – I'll tell you this. I, I'm going to poo-poo your idea of drafting a quarterback only because I said this last week. Man, we play three quarterbacks every single year. I don't want a six-round pick going in, you know, at some point in week 14 because both of our quarterbacks got hurt. Like, yeah. we need a, we need somebody to come in here and play that that can play. Otherwise, you know, we're going to be – like, we need to bring in a Josh Johnson so that if he has to get in there, he can actually play somebody, no you know. <laughs> right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, let me tell you, when I saw Josh Johnson, I remember thinking, I was just like, dear God, well, San Francisco, sorry. <laughs> This is not going to end well. And yet, man. Josh Johnson didn't play so bad with us when he was one in two. I mean, I bet it was a one and two, one and three. I mean, I you know, if we had him in one and two, two, my yeah. about to about to go. But um, if we had signed him instead of Mark Sanchez, we might have actually made the playoffs that year when we were making that run, and then we kind of, you know, got better at the at the end of the season. But I mean, hey. We shall see. We, I digress. Who, who knows? Yes. <laughs> you definitely digress on that one. But look, yeah. So, again, we're looking NFL Combine. We're going to see these guys, see what kind of prospects are out there. Obviously, free agency is also right around the corner. So, hey, all these things are in front of us. This is the best time of the year. But, Will, I'm going to go kind of back to what you said. I, I honestly kind of hope that we are quiet. I honestly hope that the, the Ron Payne, that potential move or that extension or, you know, whatever we do with that, that is one of the bigger moves. I mean, I know I talked to you about, um, I believe May 1st is the deadline to see, well, <laughs> May 1st is the deadline to see if we're going to pick up the fifth year option for Chase Young, but they there's been a lot of talk that they're probably going to try to not pick it up and see, if, you know, make him earn it, kind of how it did with Deron Payne. You know, so I hate that idea. Yeah, yeah. I do. I hate but, that idea. Like he's gonna make seventeen million that year. I just because if you do that, and if you franchise Deron Payne and he's on your team, that means you have Payne, Sweat, and man. Young all right. available next off season. So I hate that move. Yeah. I think you you suck it up and you let Chase come back. 
You pay him $17 million to be a rookie. I think there's too much PR out here if you yeah. want to do it, too. I think you've got to give him two more years to turn into the type of player you thought you were drafting. Right. Um, and I will say this, I too, I gave you the mm-mm. Right. I don't want Deron Payne to be our only free agent addition this year. Mm-hmm. I, I, just, I would be really upset that we're not getting ourselves in a position to be better, that we're doing what we did last year at offensive line. When we were sitting there going, ah, we let we let Brandon Sheriff go. We're no longer paying sixteen million to a guard, but we got two guys who can take his spot, and they were horrible. Exactly, they were terrible all year long. So yeah, the grass is not always greener on the other side. But uh, yeah, they, so yeah, these are some of the moves that that we're looking into, man. And hey. I can't wait to see the news. It was funny on what Sunday or Monday. It was like, dang, I don't know if we're gonna have anything to talk about. Right. And then, <laughs> and then day after day, the news just started dropping and dropping and dropping. Yeah. So there always be something going on. You know what it is. Watching the football weekly, we're so glad to be in front of you on this evening. Uh, hope you enjoyed yourself. Stay tuned for all of the the news, the insert, the cut, the all you know information that's coming out hopefully we'll get some new information about uh dan slander leaving that right. would be great but hey not gonna hold our breath uh misa door thank you sir thank you thank you sir hey check out misa door on the crew round table if i'm not mistaken check it out good stuff they talk that the game that we all love man so hey shout out to all the people doing that thing man so, hey, you know who we are. We're watching the Football Weekly, ladies and gentlemen. We appreciate you being with us. We appreciate you here watching us and uh, tune in in the future. So we will, you know, all the news and notes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So for myself, Mr. Sean Spencer, South Carolina's finest, my guy, Mr. Will Kramer, we will see y'all next time. And uh, as always, left hands up, ladies and gentlemen. Left hand up. Who are we? The command.